The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our gospel reading for today from Mark chapter 2, where Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What are we doing here today? Well, it turns out there have always sort of been two main thoughts about what the weekly assembly of God's people is all about. Both thoughts were raging back in the times of the Old Testament when the Sabbath laws were first laid out. And as we heard in our gospel reading for today, both ideas were certainly still present when Jesus walked upon the earth. And no doubt it continues right down into our day. Both ideas about what Sabbath rest is all about continue to persist. Just find a random churchgoer on the street and ask them why they go to church. And if you listen closely to a few people giving that answer, you'll likely hear these two main thoughts about what Christian worship is all about. One person might say something like this. Well, I go to church because after all, the Lord has commanded me to keep the Sabbath. I go there to offer up my worship and my praise. I would not even think about doing anything else because Jesus is my Lord. Another person might answer something like this. I go to worship to be refreshed. Life can be overwhelming and weekly worship provides me that renewal I need. I go to hear God's word and to receive his gifts, I wouldn't think about doing anything else because Jesus is my Lord. These two answers summarize the two thoughts about what Sabbath rest and worship is all about. These thoughts that have been expressed, it seems, in every age. Jesus himself, in our gospel reading, wishes to comment about these two different thoughts. He said that one can either believe that man was made for the Sabbath or that the Sabbath was made for man. We'll return to his words just in a moment. But first, let us flesh out these two different ideas a little bit more in order that we might be clear what each of the thoughts really wishes to say. One thought is that Sabbath worship is really about serving God. It's about doing what he wants. It's about offering him the things he demands. And truth be told, some people who worship this way can actually leave worship quite drained because they go to worship to work, essentially. In formal church settings, people can slave away at getting every word correct, every bow precise, and every tone on pitch. And that can be very tiring. In more casual environments, people can often find that it is exhausting work to try and to allow the music and the message that's being presented to rile one up into a fevered pitch. Why would they do that? Well, because they wish to show others, and even God himself, that their worship is indeed authentic and pure and undefiled. It is a worthy worship, 
worthy that God should take note. Some in this camp will actually try to please God with endless prayers, while others will seek to do so with generous offerings. Some will seek to make clear their commitment to God by coming forward and being baptized. In other traditions, some of these people will seek to please God by saying that they are coming to take the Lord's Supper, not as something done for them, but rather as a sacrifice offered to God. The other thought about what Sabbath worship is all about is to understand that it is all about God serving us. The person who believes this way may indeed come into worship tired and weak and drained, but they do not expect to leave that way. They trust that they will be renewed, that they will be strengthened, that they will be filled, because their God who is present with them in that worship has promised such things to those who gather. They open their, hear, their ears rather, to be comforted by the words and the promises of God. They open their eyes if there's a baptism in order to watch as God pours out the forgiveness of sins and the gift of his Holy Spirit. They open their mouths to receive the body and blood of their Lord. No, they're not there in order to somehow make God like them more, but they are there because they believe that God loves them because of what he has done through Jesus Christ. But let's return back to those days in which the Sabbath commandments were first given. For there we can find out exactly which of these two thoughts about worship is correct. So why was it that God told the Israelites that they should take a Sabbath rest? Did he do so because he wanted them to have another burden to bear? No, he did so because he was their creator God. And he knew that they would need a time of refreshment for their bodies and souls weekly. He knew that both the body and the soul would be strained by the work they were called to perform during the week. The beasts of burden, he said, would need rest. And so also would the crown of his creation, humanity. But it seems right away, after the giving of the Sabbath laws, people got this concept wrong. They started to make and enforce rules about the Sabbath as if the Sabbath was nothing more than another rule to follow. Soon the Sabbath was not something that people were looking forward to, but instead it was just another burden to bear. Instead of resting, they counted the number of steps they could take on the Sabbath day. Instead of receiving good gifts from God joyfully, instead they were always worried about getting their offerings and their sacrifices just precisely perfect. They even began to believe that on the Sabbath day, if one were to stop and help an animal who had fallen into a pit, or a brother or sister of humanity that had fallen prey to robbers alongside of the road, that to stop and help them would be to be disobedient to God, that it would be failing to observe the Sabbath. Well, thanks be to God, when Jesus was upon the earth, he confronted all of this thinking that perhaps the Sabbath was a burden to bear, something to do for God. You see, in our gospel reading, we are told that Jesus and his disciples were there in a field. And as they walked through the field, they were plucking heads of grain in order to eat. 
The problem, at least to those watching, was that they were doing this on the Sabbath. You see, Jesus and his disciples were hungry, and God had provided for them that food in that field. And therefore, they had done that little bit of work necessary to receive that gift from God. But those who thought that the Sabbath was all about man serving, well, they did, excuse me, those who thought that the Sabbath was all But those that thought the Sabbath was all about man serving God, well, they did not care for a moment what Jesus was doing. But those that thought that the Sabbath was all about man serving God, well, they didn't care for a moment why Jesus and his disciples were doing what they were doing, only that he was doing it on the Sabbath. They could not open their eyes and see that God was providing for his people in that moment because they were so focused on what man should be doing to serve God. Jesus taught the truth about the Sabbath with those simple words we heard at the beginning of the sermon. The Sabbath was made for man, he said, not man for the Sabbath. And this is true in every sense. I mean, even chronologically, if you go back to the beginning, it's not that God created the Sabbath day and then said, well, you know what, now I've got this day on which people are to worship and praise me, and so therefore, I'll create some humans to do that job. No, instead, first man was created. And then God declared that his creation would need rest and renewal. And so then he created the Sabbath. And so, from that day forward, and right up, and so right from that day and all the way into the present, the Sabbath was meant by God to be a day that would benefit man, not that would benefit the day or that would benefit God. You see, man is the one who needs the Sabbath, and God is the one who provides it. God does call all of us into various sorts of service and work in the world each week, but only for six days. And then after six days, he invites us to come in and be served by him. And unfortunately, there are so many Christians who get this wrong. They make the day of worship into another... <clears throat> They make the day of worship into just another act of obedience for the Christian to perform. And by so doing, they turn the gift into a chore. They turn the blessing into a sacrifice. They turn the rest into a work. But truth be told, we all sort of think this way at times. We all can believe that worship is about serving God. I mean, after all, we can come here because we fear sort of deep down in our guts, that if we don't, God might be mad at us. We might wonder whether he'll bring some sort of havoc into our life if we don't show up regularly enough. And when we're here, we can often think that we're doing something for God, that we're making him happy, that this is about us doing something for him. If you don't believe me, just think about how we think internally about those who are not here with us today. We often want to tell them that they had better get back to church or else God will be mad at them. We want to sort of threaten them back into the house of the Lord with the threat of punishment. 
You can't believe that they're such bad Christians that they can't even follow this simple command. But you see, when we talk that way, even if it remains on the inside, we are revealing that we have a basic misunderstanding about the Sabbath. Should people be here each week? Well, of course. It's the pattern that God set from the very beginning. Is faith made weak and eventually killed by not being gathered here? Of course. It's made clear throughout the scriptures that what keeps God's people alive are the very gifts he gives when they gather together. Should we make a habit of resting our bodies and our souls each week and extend this gift to others in our lives? Well, of course we should. It's what the commandment says very clearly. But why do we do all of this? That's what's at the heart of the matter today. We don't do it because God needs us to be here. Rather, we do it because we need to be here. We don't do it because we need to serve God. Rather, we do it because we need to be served by God. We don't do it because the Sabbath day somehow needs our obedience. Rather, we do it because we need the Sabbath's rest. Jesus said that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And therefore, he says that the Sabbath day, well, it is his day, if the Sabbath is given for man, well, then the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so this day is Jesus' day. And on this day, he comes to serve you. Yes, it is his day. His day to give you his gifts. His day to refresh your body and soul. His day to deliver to you his word and his sacrament your eternal good. You see, as God's New Testament people, Sabbath rest is simply about receiving all that Jesus wants to give us, all that he earned for us on that cross at Calvary. And that means that the Sabbath day, as we observe it in this world, God has given to us to prepare us for the Sabbath rest that will be coming in the new heaven and the new earth, that Sabbath rest which will be eternal and glorious. Yes, we are kept alive here on the Sabbath day in order that we might have that eternal Sabbath there. So if you've ever thought that the call to Sabbath is just another thing you have to worry about, that coming to church is just something you must do, well, it's time that you get rid of that toxic thought. Why not give it to the Son of Man, Jesus? After all, this is his day. And if you will give him those toxic thoughts, well, then he will go to work on this Sabbath day. He will go to work and serve you while you rest and receive. Yes, indeed, he will remove from you your wrong thoughts and the guilt and the shame that comes from them. He will forgive your misunderstanding and your misapplication of the Sabbath rest in your life. And then he will invite you to simply enjoy again the beauty of the Sabbath. He will invite you 
to rest here in his presence. He will open your ears in order that you might hear his word and rejoice at what you hear there, that he has saved you by dying on the cross. He will open your eyes so that you might watch just how he pours out his blessings upon everyone that's gathered here. And yes, soon today he will open your mouth again in order that you might receive his very body and blood and have life in his name. Jesus today shows you what he told those people back in his day. He shows you that the Sabbath, well, it was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And that means that the Sabbath, it's for you. The Son of Man, Jesus, uses the Sabbath for your temporal and eternal good. Thanks be to God that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath and that he loves us enough to serve us each seven days with his goodness, with his grace, and with his mercy. Thanks be to our saving God. Amen.